Hey, what's up guys, Travis here. And if you've been following me or my story for any length of time, you know that I started a company called Guestio about a year and a half ago now. And one of the things that we are doing this year in 2022 is we're building a concierge program called the Fast Pass that allows you to get booked on top quality shows and platforms for the purpose of spreading awareness for your brand, grabbing attention, uh, growing your credibility, your authority, et cetera, et cetera. And so if you are listening to this right now and you are a seven figure plus entrepreneur and you have a budget to bring in traffic, attention, credibility, authority to your brand, then this might be a really great program for you. Just head over to travischapel.com slash 10K. Why 10K? Because we guarantee in this program that you're going to be able to speak in front of 10,000 people within 90 days. Okay, 10,000 people within 90 days. Imagine getting on a stage in front of 10,000 people to share your message, your story. That's exactly what we are doing inside of this program through virtual stages like podcasts or virtual events or YouTube channels or blogs. You name it, we are working with it, and we are trying to get you booked on those platforms. So travischapel.com slash 10x. There's a quick application there, and then right at the end of that application, it'll prompt you to set up a phone call where you'll jump on a call with me, and we'll talk through whether or not you're a great fit for this program. Please act fast on this. Do not wait because we are only taking on one or two clients a week due to uh, constraints with our team and the limited supply of high quality shows and platforms that are out there in the market. So if that's you and you're really wanting to explode your brand in 2022, head over to travischapel.com slash 10K, fill out the application, schedule a quick phone call, and you and I will chat really soon about whether or not this would be a great fit for you. Thanks guys. Talk to you soon. Hey, this is Scott Smith of the Real Estate Nerds Podcast. Hey, this is Dan Shabau, author of Back to Human. Hey, folks, this is Ken Coleman from the top-rated Ken Coleman Show. And if you want to learn to protect your assets, save on taxes, and network better, if you want to learn more about how to build relationships the right way, if you want to learn how to explode your network, you should listen to this episode of the Build Your Network Podcast. Build Your Network Podcast. Build Your Network Podcast with my good friend, Travis Chapel. Welcome back to the show. I believe that who you know is more important than what you know. If you agree, then keep on listening for tips on how to cultivate meaningful connections the right way. If you disagree, then tune in anyway to let me prove you wrong with my journey. My name is Travis Chapel, and this is the Build Your Network Podcast. Hey there, what is up everybody? Welcome back to another topic episode here on the show. Today we're starting or kind of maybe restarting a series, the who or what series, back to who you know or what you know. This is one of my favorite ones though, because it's centered around the topic of my show, who you know or what you know, which one is more important. And uh, today we're going to hear from a few amazing people in this part one to this series again, and that is going to be from Scott Smith, who is a real estate investor and asset protection attorney. Definitely a unique take on networking. This dude is smart. He knows his stuff, and he can probably save you a lot of money and prevent you from giving it to the IRS. So we like Scott here on the show. So we have Scott Smith and then Dan Chabel, who is a best-selling author of the book Back to Human, and he's written a few other books as well. But this one resonated most with me because it's all about connecting with people in a digital age and how to do that the right way. So Dan has some amazing things to say about networking as well. And then we have Ken Coleman, who is the host of The Ken Coleman Show and the host of Entree Leadership, which is one of the top-ranked shows in all of iTunes um, that he hosts with a, a guy named Dave Ramsey, who you may or may not have heard of. So three powerhouses again today, and I can't wait to share their content on who you know 
or what you know. But first, real quick, if you are someone who loves going to events to connect with people, I'm excited to announce that my first live event is finally happening. It's going to be out here in Las Vegas, November 8th through 10th. So to find out more info and to grab your tickets, head over to bynlive.com. And if that's not enough, there are three huge differentiators that make this event the most unique event that you've ever attended. I recently released a solo show that goes over all of them. So if you want to hear all of them, head over there. But one huge thing that I want to make sure that I touch on is that there's going to be an actual VIP experience here. I don't know about any of you guys, but one of the biggest pet peeves that I have with events is they don't limit VIP ticket sales. So sometimes there's more VIPs than general admission. And then they make them way more expensive than a regular ticket. So it's like 300 bucks or 1500 bucks. And then all you get is like a notebook and then a better seat and earlier access to the event or something. So remember how I said this event is the 8th through the 10th? Well, the 8th is going to be literally a day for VIPs only. So general admission will get access to the two jam-packed days of the 9th and the 10th, but VIP will get a full extra day at an undisclosed, really cool location out here in Vegas with guest speakers, workshops, shops, plan collaborative activities. This event is going to be one that is worth 100% upgrading to the VIP ticket. So if you don't get one this year, you're going to be one of the first ones to get one next year because you'll realize that everything that you missed out on is a part of the VIP day. So they are limited to 30 people though, the VIP tickets. So there's real exclusivity there. Make sure you head to bynlive.com to grab your ticket today before early bird pricing is gone and before they're sold out. Like this venue, the one that we got, it's at Top Golf. It's not at a regular hotel conference room which is one of the other things that makes it super unique. And so this event, we literally booked out the whole first floor and there's a very limited seating in there. So this isn't a marketing ploy or a sales tactic. It literally, we cannot hold more people. So once these tickets are gone, they are gone. There's only 30 VIP tickets and 70 general admission tickets. So make sure you head over to bynlive.com to grab your ticket today. And I will see you out here in Vegas really soon. And now enjoy who or what part number one with Scott Smith, Dan Chabel, and Ken Coleman. We're going to chat a little bit now, Scott, about networking and uh, how this skill, this practice has helped you in your career. So I have to ask you this question to get the conversation started. Who you know or what you know, Scott? Which one's more important and why? Who you know, for sure. Because who you know is what you know. Mm-hmm. Like... You, what you know, it, like what you could read out of a, like a book or online or whatnot is actually a much worse source of information than mm-hmm. if you can know actually somebody who's engaged in the same type of business or endeavor that you're in that's already gone through the problems before. And then like that conversation totally buoys you up to be so much faster. Like I can't tell you how much money I probably wasted in, in running Royal Legal Solutions from figuring stuff out on my own, even though like at the end of the day, I was able to personally discover my own, what are like some of the top, you know, marketing, branding, real estate strategies that can exist. But I had to struggle and spend a lot of money figuring it all out. When if I just would have done a better job of networking and finding more brilliant people to talk to, I would have just liked I would have jumped all the way ahead, saved myself a bunch of time, a bunch of effort and a bunch of money and just would have had to go through the pain, frankly, of you know kissing a bunch of toads along the way. Right, but, right. but eating that pain, I would have saved myself a bunch of time and money. I just, in a way, maybe, I, I don't know, maybe I got lazy or something. I don't know. But, but I should have done way more networking. I should be doing more networking even now. 
Yeah. Uh, well, I, th- I think you nailed it when you said it'll help you get there so much faster and it'll help you skip rungs on the ladder, right? That's the biggest thing that I always come back to is I get people on the show that'll be like, oh, it's what you know. I have people that say a variation of both of them or a combination or it's who knows you, all like all the different variations of the answer to that question. I always come back to the who you know thing because of exactly what you just said, because it always will get you there faster than trying to just learn the knowledge. Like there's the knowledge is available for everybody, which means that everybody's on an equal playing field when it comes to having access to the knowledge. But if you have access to the people, then you can get the knowledge way faster and get the opportunity way faster. Like somewhere, somebody is doing something that you are more qualified to do than they are, but they're doing it because they knew the right person. Yeah, I mean, I can understand that. Like, that's, I think that's probably like a good argument in terms of like scarcity of like how much does it help you to do it? Because like they, you knew the right people because you were networked into it. I think a lot of that would just happen inherently though. I think the hardest part for a lot of people actually is that we don't really want to go up and talk to a bunch of people we don't know because it kind of sucks. And then <laughs> most people that we do meet, they also kind of suck. Yeah. Right? Yeah, like, I mean, let's be honest, right? Like, like you don't vibe with that. You meet, you're not going to like. And you're going to be like, wow, they're not very smart or they really can't help me at all. Or they just kind of overall suck as a person. And then it's hard to go back and be like, all right, cool. Well, you know what? Like, I'm going to go through nine of those conversations to have one good one. That is 100% not how we're wired in our culture to think like, I'm going to eat, keep eating medicine after medicine after medicine because the one I did get really worked out. Like we're actually wired to have like consistent positive results immediately, right? And that's bred into us like from the time we've been in school as right. a kid. I mean, so it's, you really got to rethink like where does your reward system come from whenever you're out there meeting people and being like, man, this is horrible. I can't believe I'm doing this to be like, you know what, actually this is good because I need to get through so many of these conversations so I can find the really good people that can actually really help me and give me dynamic benefits to my life. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And and I would say one thing on, on that as well, I'd add one caveat to what you were just saying, because I understand what you're talking about. I now that I've been doing this for a while and changed my mindset around it, I now find that I like most people that I connect with and I make the most out of every connection that I get now just from a simple shift in mindset that happened when, you know, I first started learning about all this stuff and started the show and jumped into the content and all that kind of stuff was that like you're always gonna get more of what you believe to exist, right? So something called confirmation bias. So for most people, they have that mindset of what you were saying they had the mindset of, Scott, which is like, they think of it as like, man, most people that I meet, I don't even like them anyway. Why am I spending my time doing this? I'm not going to vibe with them. Like maybe they're cool to somebody else. I don't really like them. Uh, They're doing something that I don't agree with, whatever. Like, And they look for all the reasons why it's not going to work. And so what happens is they get out there and that confirmation bias sets in and psychologically they'll always find those people that they disagree with, that they dislike, that they don't gravitate towards because that's what they're thinking is the only thing is out there. But once you change that mindset to thinking like, man, everybody's got something that I can learn from. Like everybody that I meet, there's got to be something that I can learn from. Even if it's just like, now I know how not to start a conversation with me. Like, you know what I mean? Like now I know what to tell somebody when they ask me what's annoying because that person just threw a business card at me and gave me a 30 second elevator pitch, didn't give me a chance to talk, move on to the next person. I did not like that experience at all. Next time somebody asks me what's annoying when I go to a networking situation, I'll have an answer for them. Like you can learn anything from any situation and you can always connect with people and learn something from that person, regardless of what their background is or what your background is, or if you used to think that they would be useful to you or not. And then the best thing to think about it is like, just shifting the mindset from what can I get 
out of this, these conversations to what can I give to these conversations? I think those two mindset shifts will help people in general get away from thinking that like, hey, the majority of people, I don't really I don't want to connect with anybody. Yeah, I mean, probably, right? I mean, I would think that if you can shift your mindset around, like that's pretty cool. I've just never really been good at Jedi mind tricking myself by being like, you will enjoy it. You know? <laughs> and then like being like, that'll be great, right? One thing that did actually uh, give me a positive impact was actually trying to pretend like I was going to enjoy every interaction, you know, right, that I got mm-hmm. into and just very much approached it as just saying like, all right, oh, I'm going to try to not have much of an expectation of this at all, right. but I'm just going to go up to that person and see if I can connect with them. Like, can we can just something people, right? And because I really don't like to do business with people that I don't like, you know, mm-hmm. like exactly. maybe that's, that's whatever, right? So it was really just came down and saying, like, who can I actually connect with? And then after I could figure out, can I actually connect with this person? Then I would, we would find things that we could help each other with, you know, as we had had that, right? So that is the whole point, man. Yep, exactly yeah. what you just said. That's the whole point of the show is to get people to stop thinking about networking and relationship building as two different things, like two separate things, because I don't think that they're separate. And I think that most people think that they're separate. They're like, well, I'm going to this event to go network and then I'm going to the bar later with my friends to like have fun and build relationship with them further. You know what I mean? Like that's how they think about it in their mind. And I don't think the two are separate. I think that they're the same thing. And and if you're doing them separate, then that's when you're getting bad experiences. That's when you're going to the business networking opportunity. And like you just said, like people aren't doing what you're doing. They're not getting to know each other first. They're just throwing business cards at each other and trying to get referral business and trying to add dollars to their bank account instead of looking at the other person as a person, connecting with them on an actual individual basis developing some sort of a relationship where you actually know, like, and trust the person. And then you can actually do business in the future, potentially. But the fact that that's so up in the air, I think hurts most people and prevents them from trying to go out and make it happen to begin with. Yeah. And if you just approach networking that you're just trying to connect with people, I think you'll overall just probably be healthier because you'll just end up like making more friendships of people <laughs> that you want to spend time with. And like, we yeah, live exactly. in such an isolated world that, you know, maybe like, even if you just kind of like said, I'm not even going to care whether whether really this has like the business outcome that I want or not, but I just want to go in there and see who I connect with and see who I find interesting to mm-hmm. spend time with and talking to. And they all happen to be kind of in the same vein of the thing that I'm trying to work on in my life. Like probably don't go if you're trying to build a real estate business, don't go to like artist networking. Like right. And look for connections out there to actually help you. But if you just like focus on making connections with people and just actually like one-on-one connecting, you know, like those heart-centered connections that you can form with people relatively quickly if you're just open to it, you know, you'll probably just be like overall happier person anyway. Huh? Yeah, and there's like no pressure anymore. You know, like, yeah. like you don't feel you're like you're trying to chill. Cool yeah, like, you exactly. don't have an outcome. There's no winning to that, right? Exactly. Which, there's just like, was I present? Is like whether like you win or not. It's like, was I able to stay present in the conversation and not try to like force it by, you know, pushing towards a particular agenda? Because we all feel that stuff. Nobody right. wants to be around anybody that's pushing an agenda. You'll find also too with taking that approach is that at least I have, I found with taking that kind of approach that it was much more powerful in terms of the how much people were willing to help me. Right. Mm, exactly. Yeah. If I spent the time to just connect with them first, and then I'd ask them, like, hey, do you know anybody that can help me with blah, 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 blah? They would like start thinking through all of their contacts or like anybody else is in the room and excited to CC me into emails with all of their network. 
And right. so then it's like the spiral effect that actually comes really strong because I just took the time to connect with that person. And then because I connected with them, they're willing to give me a ton of stuff because guess what? That person probably doesn't feel very loved and connected themselves and is really excited that somebody else spent the time to actually connect with them for a minute. And so then they'll just give you whatever you want mm-hmm. because you took the time to do it. So like maybe that's itself. It's like a currency, you know, that you yep. can give to other people. I don't yeah. know. No, that's exactly right. Like, because you, you hit the nail on the head earlier when you said you like to do business with people that you like. That's the same, like everybody, everybody's like that. Everybody wants to give business to people that they like. So if you're the kind of guy that just goes up to people and throws a business card in their face, you don't give anybody an opportunity to get to know you and like you or dislike you. But that act in and of itself is probably enough to get them to dislike you instead of like you. So they're definitely like when they have a a real estate referral to give, they're probably going to give it to their cousin, Sally, that's a real estate agent because they know Sally and they like Sally. You may be better than Sally. You may have done way more transactions and know way more about real estate and can get that seller way more for their property or whatever it might be, but you're not going to get the business because you didn't take the time to actually just get to know somebody and build a real relationship. What's up, everybody? Just want to take a quick second and give a shout out to my favorite new podcasting app, Himalaya. If you are not listening to podcasts on this app, you are definitely missing out. It's like a social media app, but for podcast listeners. Follow your go-to shows, like and comment on your favorite episodes, and download professionally curated playlists made just for you. So head on over to your app store or Google Play store, download Himalaya today, and then thank me later. So do you, Dan, believe that what you know or who you know is more important and why? I always said that back when I was even 22, 23, it's who you know, who they know, and who knows you. And the who knows you is kind of like this idea around personal branding is you want more people to know of you than you know of people because then you are making a bigger impact. But I think what it comes down to is You want to help as many people as possible, bridge relationships, be an arbiter of connections between other people so that if someone's trying to meet someone else, you know, you could be that link for them and bridge. I'll go into a meeting with someone who's ultra successful. And in the meeting, I ask one question, who are the top two people you want to meet that'll make the biggest impact in your career right now? And then either during that meeting, if it's a phone call or in that meeting or within three minutes when I leave that meeting, those introductions are made. So it's huge impact in a very short period of time. And it's with successful people. So the person on the other side is more likely to respond to that introduction. And when I do that introduction, it's extremely thoughtful. I'm already like depicting the whole relationship and how it's going to pan out for both people. Yeah. Talk to me about that. That's something I'm interested in hearing about because um, this is a question that I've actually totally out of like totally surprised me when I started doing this stuff. And obviously I have a podcast about networking. And this is a question that kept coming up. Like, how do I introduce somebody to somebody? And to me, it like when I first started doing that, it seemed kind of obvious, but it's definitely not. And there's way there's good ways to do it. There's ways to set up a relationship for success. There's ways to not set it up for success. Can you talk about like what a proper introduction looks like when you are connecting to people? Yeah. First, I do few, but very thoughtful connections, right? So I put a lot of time behind fewer connections and I have to feel like it's going to benefit both parties. Hmm. Because I learned back in the day, back, I think maybe 24 years old, I interviewed George Foreman and he always said, you know, you need both parties to win 
right. equally right. because if one benefits more than the other, it won't be a long-term relationship. So that stood with me from all those years. So I'm very thoughtful. I have to really envision. I, I even look like a few years out, you know, are these people going to really benefit from each other? And then I'll do the intro. I got to really believe it in my heart that it's going to work. And if it doesn't, it doesn't. I, you know, it was my gut. It's what I felt at the time. So I always do the best I can. And when you send an intro outlining what the relationship could look like and how both parties can benefit from each other, no matter what happens, both people see the thought and effort that went into it and will respect it either way, even if it doesn't pan out. Yeah. So that, that's how I look at life. What's really interesting from a networking perspective for your audience is back in college, I was taught like most college students, hey, just pass out your resume and your business card and hope for the best. <laughs> Once I graduate, no, it's awful advice. You know, I, I loved my head of career services. It's like, yeah. it might not even be her fault, but yeah. when I graduated... Well, it's a lot of it. A lot of it, I think, is the education system's fault, to be honest. Like, I don't mean this to disparage any people in those positions, but a lot of them just got taught what to do. And then they went into teaching and then teach what they got taught, not what they went out into the real world and like did and became successful at. I think it's kind of like a vicious cycle. But anyway, go ahead. And then when I graduated and I started blogging, I realized that so many people were asking for help. And so everyone, Every successful person has two things in common. One is they want to be more successful. Two is they want to be recognized for that success. Yeah. Those two things were key. And I knew this when I was 22 years old. And so, you know, I was writing 12 blog posts a week, but then I was like, okay, well, this has got to be more than me. And so I started interviewing people and I've interviewed over 2000 people since I graduated school. So it's people you've never heard of before because everyone starts with, you know, with a people who are maybe less successful and then you grow, 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 grow. And now it's like I interviewed Anthony Bourdain before he died last year. I mean, it's, you know, it's awesome, yeah. Warren Buffett, like really big people, but it was always about shining the light on others. Right. And using that as a learning experience and allowing their message to help more people. And so, you know, a portion of the people I've interviewed over the years, I've met in real life. Back in the day, you know, the shy introvert you know, it's very hard for me to just meet people. Like even on the phone, I'd be like, pick up the phone to, you know, interview Goldie Hawn and I'd just be so nervous. Like, is oh, this yeah. over? Is this over? Is this over? <laughs> no, it's very, I was very stressed back then because was, I pushed myself outside of my comfort zone. So it was very tough at first. And then over time, like now, even with the new podcast, Five Questions with Dan Shabell, I've leaned into who I am. Hmm. My interviews are very short, but they're very thought out. And it's not just taking advantage of the fact that people have less and less time now and they're looking to save time. And you know, you can listen to this podcast, you know, between meetings. It's really because, you know, I suffer from anxiety and I'm leaning into that anxiety by having a shorter podcast that plays to my strengths. So and this is just about self-awareness and figuring myself out. Like there's a reason why I've always had the same format since I graduated school. And it's not just because I thought it was fun or it'd be easier to write or any of that. It's because it's like psychology. It's something deeper that was happening and why I had that format and kept it for so long. Right. But it was always about shining the light on others and then using the technology to bridge relationships. You know, like it was so funny, like my friend, Jenny Blake, who you may or may not know, I was her first blog comment. I commented in every single blog that mentioned personal branding back in my early 20s, all of them, even for people who had no subscribers and had a blog that was just unattractive. It was my dedication to the industry back then. It really helped. It's what I'm doing on Instagram right now. Hmm. And she remembered it. And eventually we both moved to New York and we became good friends. 
Now it could have stopped right at the blogging level of us just exchanging virtual conversations, but it didn't. Right. So I I think once that happened and others happened, you know, along the way, I'm like, oh my God, human connection. We got to get back to human. We have to go deeper with ourselves and really figure out how we tick. And once you figure yourself out, once you understand that relationships are all about giving to others, you'll be able to build stronger relationships and that will lead to things in life, whatever they might be. But you can't expect others to do things for you. And I think that last part's hard. And Mm -hmm. I've been, over the years, I've trained myself to let go and not be entitled. Yeah. Yeah. Eliminating those potential covert contracts that you keep in your head. It's got to be probably one of the most difficult parts of of being able to give without expecting anything in return. And it's also why I only do a book every five years. Because I can't psychologically go back every year and ask for favor. Like ask and ask and ask and ask and ask. Yeah. I can't do it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, if you do a book every year, a book is a time when you have to ask for favors. And I don't like asking for favors. So I like there being enough time between books that I don't have to ask for favors. That's just what my comfort level is. Whereas other people want to publish more often. That's the only thing I can wrap my head around. Right. Because I don't, I never want to be seen as someone who's just taking and taking and taking. I always want to support the community because it's the community that has helped me build my whole career. Yeah. And I love what you said about shining light on others. That's something that is a ring so true. I think in a networking space is people always want to shine the light on themselves. People always want to talk about how good they are or how, what they've accomplished or what they've seen and, and stuff like that. And always shining the light on other people, edifying other people, especially within the context of making introductions. That's one of the biggest things to keep in mind is to edify, shine the light on others, talk about how great they are and what they're doing and how awesome it is and how you're proud to know like there's just so many things psychologically that go into that and i think you hit the nail on the head by using that phrasing we've touched on this a bit man throughout the conversation just because it's something that you and i both talk about a lot but i gotta ask this question directly about the networking topic because it's one that i ask every single guest that comes on the show is who you know or what you know more important and why who you know is is number one on importance, but what you know is 1A. (laughs) So what I mean by that is who you know is always going to be more important initially. So think of career opportunity, who you know is always more important. However, once who you know gets you where you want to go, it better quickly become about what you know. That's how I would say that. Yeah. Yeah. No, I totally agree with that. Yeah. You have to be competent, right? Well, that's right. Who you know will get you in. What you know and what you do will keep you there and allow you to, to then get to know some more who's. You know, the, the proximity principle, which we, we talked about in the book, we talk about that no matter how successful you are, it's always going to be about right people, right places. And so, okay, I know the right people and they help me get in the right place. And then the third section of the book is practices. So people, places, and practices. So when I get where I want to go because of who, I better make the most of that opportunity and kill it and do a great job. That's the practices part. And then that's going to give me the opportunity to move up the ladder. But I will say, let's just be really honest and stop making it a bad thing. Who you know matters way more initially. Yeah, totally. That couldn't have said it better, man. I always, I always liken it to having a friend in line at like an amusement park, right? Like you go to ride the next ride and you go to get a drink or something and your buddy goes and stands in line. And then you come back to the line. You don't just stand in the back of the line. You 
go up to where your buddy is, right? He calls you up there. Hey, Ken, come up here. I'm, I'm standing up here, right? So then what you get to do is you get to walk past all the people that he was like where he was standing. Like, so the reason I liken it to this specifically is because you still have to walk those steps, meaning you still have to gain the knowledge. You still have to learn the skill. You still have to capitalize on the opportunity, but now you're just doing it way faster. And you're zooming past all the people that are waiting their turn in line because they're focused so much on knowledge and competence that they don't spend any time getting to know the people that are already walked those steps in front of them. And um, I think that it's really the reason that the show exists is just to highlight that like, look, if you don't spend any time getting to know people, you should be doing that first and then worry about the competence. I really think the number one skill that you can create is probably the skill of learning new skills quickly. Because in any situation that I get put myself into, because of the people that I know, I can adapt and really quickly figure something out because I mastered that one skill, which has allowed me to master a bunch of other skills. Like while you get into those opportunities that who you know brings to you. I know that you have a free resource on this about flipping your resume. Can you talk about that for a second? Yeah, we created a different type of resume template. If you search resume templates, you'll see 8 billion on Google and they're largely knockoffs of each other. But I did some research and it's based on this simple reality. The average hiring manager is spending somewhere, there's multiple studies on this, where they're spending six seconds just count that out in your head. One, 1,000, two, 1,000, three, 1,000, four, 1,000, five, 1,000, six, 1,000. Six seconds to a maximum of 60 seconds scanning your resume. Now you just tell me, what does that resume need to look like to get their attention? And it better not look like everybody else's. So me and the team huddled together, Travis, we said, well, so what really matters? So I did the research on that. And overwhelmingly, hiring managers, HR executives say, what matters is, do you have some type of relationship that's going to get you out of the pile, the stack of resumes that are being submitted? And it's about if they know somebody that knows you, they feel better. Okay, I know McKinsey. And McKinsey says, this guy is a sharp guy, great attitude. He's got some talent. I think he might be a great culture fit. If McKinsey says that to me about somebody, do you think that's not going to move him out of the pile? It's going to move him right to the first position. Well, McKinsey says this guy's good and I trust McKinsey. So I'm, I'm, I'm going to give this guy a shot. That's the game. So if that's true and you're saying yes, and I think everybody else is going, yeah, that makes total sense. We said, all right, then the resume ought to lead with who I know. So we created a template that says who I know at the top, right? And then what I've done, because that's all hiring managers want to know. They want to know, are you credible? Are you a legit, nice person who's actually talented? Okay, nice. Somebody thinks you're great. And then they want to know, can you help me win? So what experience to bring to the table? So I'm not going to take the time to walk through the whole thing. It's free at KenColeman.com. So we walk you through. It's about an 18, 19 page PDF, super easy to read. And at the very end is the actual template. We show you how to do your resume. So you're essentially flipping the resume because every other resume template in the history of the world's got uh, references at the bottom. And sometimes on page two, our entire resume, Travis, is on one page. Why? I just described why. Six seconds. They're going to scan it. It needs to be like a brochure and it needs to stand out so that they actually stop what they're doing and they look at it. And if you lead with who I know, and by the way, this is a person that you know through somebody else, maybe it's a direct one-to-one connection, maybe it's one to seven, but I know Fred and this is how I know Fred. And then you get Fred, if Fred's willing to give you some type of nice endorsement statement. That's the ideal resume. You can you imagine a hiring manager seeing that right out of the gate? Yeah. He's like, oh, I just had coffee with Fred in the break room last week. 
So obviously I trust him. You know, it's always funny because I see people put these references down and it'll be like, oh, this is my buddy, Dave. You know, it's like, you can't just exactly. somebody. My high school wrestling coach. <laughs> like, and now he sleeps on the couch in his mom's right. like, yeah, he says I'm a good guy. So, Hiring hey. managers aren't going to call you a wrestling coach. Yeah. <laughs> They're just not going to do it. But again, here's why it's great. This is a great, I walk through each section of the resume. And so we teach on it real quick, show you what we're telling you to do, why you do it. And then the, at the very end, you get a template that tells you how to do it. And by the way, Travis, we're getting tons of emails from listeners who've downloaded it for free at KenColin.com and it's working. And the reason it's working is because we're, we're giving hiring managers what they want and we're actually helping you stand out when you submit a resume. Love that, man. It only makes sense. I, I read a statistic one time. I think it was between 60 and 70%. Don't quote me on that. I'm not 100% sure, but I think it was between 60 and 70% of jobs are gotten through some sort of a referral. You'd have to double check my... my mm-hmm. uh, that's right. But yeah, uh, that's, that's like absolutely that. right. And there was a sociologist who did a study back in the 80s that most jobs are actually gotten through an acquaintance, not a close personal connection. So let's say close personal connection would be... I did hear that, yeah. Or my friend. Well... We're talking like, you know, you got a kid who's on a soccer team. He's nine years old. You see the same set of parents every week for about 10 weeks a year. You start meeting those people on the bleachers at practice or games, start talking. It's one of those people who's most likely going to help you get a job down the line. Yeah. The second degree people, the That's people, right. like if you draw out three circles. So if you're listening to this, just imagine with me for a second, three circles. And um, the first circle would be like your inner, inner circle of like your very close, direct family. And then your second circle is kind of where your friends and maybe some other family would be. This is like your third circle, like he's saying, people that you see sometimes, maybe you high five at the gym after you play tennis or something like that. But getting to know those people, that's where a lot of those jobs come from. That's that's very, very interesting how that's all played out. Well, that's it for today's show. Thank you so much for tuning in. As most of you know, I talk a lot about giving value to others. And this podcast is one of the ways that I try to do that since all of the content from the show is totally free. So when people ask me how they can add value to me, one of the ways that I tell them is to head over to iTunes, hit the subscribe button and leave a rating and review. This not only gives me feedback on what you think about the show, but it also helps me with Apple's algorithm. So please, if you haven't done that, head over to iTunes and leave a rating and review for the show. It adds tremendous value and it only takes a minute or two of your time. And if you want some more free content from me, head over to three, that's three spelled out, three networking secrets.com to watch my free masterclass on the three best kept secrets to building the network of your dreams. I promise that you will not regret it. Have a wonderful rest of your day and remember to leave every relationship better than you found it. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.